Hey, it is Clay at the Money with Clay podcast from moneywithclay.com. And as I'm sure you noticed from the title of this, I want to spend today's show talking about the problem out there, but more importantly, the solution. Let's start with the problem, though, that being college prices that keep going up. The student loan debt crisis. You have all these younger kids. They're just getting started in life and they're getting started with degrees, but there's no jobs. And the cherry on top is that they have massive debt from the student loans and it's just setting them behind and being able to purchase a home and just advancing in their careers, advancing in life in general. And there's no doubt about it. There's no, I'm not refusing, I'm not denying that that is definitely a problem that exists. Prices are going up from the you know tuition perspective. And then you just have a bunch of kids, bunch of students, bunch of millennials, whatever you wanna call them, graduating with big loan debt. That is the problem, prices and then the debt. I just wanna sit here, I want to just have a discussion, give you my thoughts on how I would fix all this, what I believe the solution is. As an engineer by degree, and just kind of the way I grew up, the way I you know, and drilled into me in school, and then when I got out of school as an engineer, it was, all right, we are engineers, you are an engineer. Identify a problem, but you can't just sit there and be focused on the problem. You have to focus, you have to figure out, you have to present a solution. So yeah, the problem is prices are going up, Student loans, they're pretty much out of control. You know, If you haven't seen the statistics, they're pretty scary, but uh, yes, there is a student loan debt crisis out there. That's the problem. So let's focus on the solution. Well, what I wanna first start off with is let's just remove and, and talk a little business 101. I don't mean to insult your intelligence, but I, I wanna just really keep this building from the ground up so that you know I, I try to kind of offer my solution in the most rational and the most logical way as possible. So let's just, there's a business out there, right? And a business has some sort of product. That product can be a physical product. It can be a product of a service. You know, we'll, we'll do this for you. But businesses have products, right? I, like I said, don't mean to insult your intelligence, but let's just go with this from the ground up. So what does a business need to succeed? No matter what service, what product, what anything they're offering, what do they need to succeed? Well, they need customers, right? You need a customer for your business. If you don't have any customers, guess what happens to your business? Um, you're gonna go out of business. Pretty simple, right? But let's, let's dig another layer deeper. What actually is a customer? Or better put, what makes a good customer? What makes a quality customer? Well, one that has what? Money, one that has cash. If you're running a, you know, if you have a store and there's a customer and you, know, you start talking to them and you talk and you realize, okay, they have no intention, Maybe they want to, but they're just, you know, they're telling you, you know, I don't really have any money. I'm just kind of, you know, they're just, they're not sure they're a potential customer, but they're not providing any value to you in the sense of, well, they're going to help, you know, grow my business. They're going to help what? Give the business cash. Because if this customer does not have any cash, then yeah, they're interested, but that that's about it. They're not actually going to be able to contribute at all to the business. So a business actually wants a good customer and a good customer is one that has cash. So let's talk about cash. Well, where did this cash come from? What happens if this cash, I told you, comes from basically an unlimited source? So let's think about this. Wait, there's an unlimited source of cash for a certain product. So let's think about that. If there's cash that goes to a certain type of customer, what is that gonna do to the customer base? Is that gonna make there a, be a bunch of customers or a small, a, a, a tiny few? Of course. 
Clay, that was the dumbest. There, of course, there's going to be a bunch of customers because you just said there's a bunch of unlimited cash. So why wouldn't there be a bunch of customers if those customers can go and get cash from a certain source? Yeah, exactly. All common sense, all pretty black and white logic so far. So what in this hypothetical situation, wait a second, Clay, unlimited cash, what are you talking about? How is some you know area going to have a ton of customers because there's a ton of free cash? Well, that is exactly where the government comes into play and specifically in the business of education. And this is where government secured loans are. They are loans that the government secures. So in other words, just, hey, yeah, come get the loan. We'll give you the loan, we'll secure the loan. But who makes up the government? Where does the government get its cash from? Yes, you, yes, me. If you have a job, if you get a pay stub, you'll notice that there is money taken out of it. Taxes, right? So. You and I, as the taxpayers, is, are the source of these unlimited funds. Now, not unlimited funds to anybody. The customer has to be in the education product shopping business, right? They have to want to go and purchase education. And if, as long as they want to go and purchase education, there is unlimited cash. So now let's think about this. Okay, you're in the business and you run a business in the education sector. And you have basically as many customers as you want. There are customers all over the place. Again, why are there customers all over the place? Well, because there's free money. It's not free, but it's unlimited. If you wanna go get a loan, and yes, of course, there's that interest rate attached to it, but still, you can go get a loan. Those customers can go get cash for your product. They're gonna be all over the place. So this is now just basic economics, right? Supply and demand. If you have a lot of demand, and all this demand is coming from, you have all these customers, and all these customers are coming from all this cash, and you are in the business of, well, you know, I wanna stay in business, I wanna grow the business, I want to expand, I want to, you know, make money with the business, I need to stay open. What are you gonna do when you know that you have customers all over the place and there's gonna be plenty of customers all over the place? What, well, let's just raise prices. Oh, look, we raise prices. There's still customers all over the place. Why don't we raise prices again? Oh, look, there's still customers all over the place. You know what? It's 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 worked a couple of times. Let's let's try it again. Let's raise the price. Hey, look, there's still customers all over the place. I don't know. Maybe this maybe this is just blind luck. I mean, can can we go for a fourth time? Let's rate let's raise prices again. Hey, look, there's customers all over the place. There is the problem. When you have an unlimited customer base because this customer base is being created from an unlimited amount of funds thanks to the US government thanks to these secured loans, of course businesses are going to raise prices. They would be stupid not to. Why would you not raise your prices if you know that that's not gonna do anything to your customer base? Now sure, your customer base has to get bigger and bigger and bigger loans, but what do you care? As long as they can pay you, there you go, you have your money. So right there is why prices are going up from a customer business or from a, a price perspective, because the business has this huge pool of customers that isn't slowing down, because you have, you know, it beat into everybody's head that, well, if you want to succeed in life, you got to go to college, all right, well, and hey, look, you can go to college even if you can't afford it, because you have, go just get a, a, a loan through the government. Unlimited supply of customers. So, of course, prices are going to go up. Now, that's that's the problem, right? We it, The prices are going up because of unlimited customers because of unlimited cash. So this is what I would do. This is my solution to the problem. The first thing is, for, well, we got to make this, you know, not unlimited. We, we need to create some competition. We need to 
make the business who's making the product, remember the product in our case is education, we need to make them actually work for a little bit, maybe compete against one another because they know that the customer base is now actually limited. So the first thing you need to let's we need to do is kind of break down you know who I would replace the government with. And I would replace it with private business. I would replace it with dare I say the banks, dare I say private lenders, dare I say people in the business of making money. Cuz let's just think about motivations real quick. What is the government's motivation? The people that are making decisions such as hey, let's just give loans, let's just give money to everybody. Well, they, they're saying, I wanna get reelected, right? That's a politician's motivation. I want to get reelected. I like this position of power that I have. Again, I'm not, this is, this is definitely not me trying to make some, wow, that, that was just a mind-blowing statement, Clay. I've never thought of that before. That is, hopefully I'm stating the obvious, that politicians, their main motivation is, how do I get reelected again? How do I stay influential? How do I hold on to any sort of grasp of power that I can? Like I said, black and white, hopefully, I'm, I'm assuming I'm stating the obvious. So do you think they actually care about what's going on with the money? No, they're not in the business of making money. They're in the business of keeping their position, saying what's gonna get them reelected. And when you can say certain things like, hey, you know, fill in the blank. Hey, you know, fill in the blank, but it has no kind of repercussions from a business perspective, then, then who really cares? Whereas insert private business, insert a bank, insert uh, just a private individual. Like in real estate, there's private lenders, meaning you can get a loan from just a, an individual. I myself have done that in real estate investing. In fact, I love to do that, uh, you know, loan money out on real estate and you can, uh, and you know, it works out for everybody. So there are businesses out there and there would be creations of businesses with my solution, where you say, government, get out of here. Get out of here. You're terrible with taxpayer money. You're so inefficient with it. Hand it into people that are in the for-profit business. And when businesses that are in it for-profit, such as banks, such as private individuals, such as entrepreneurs that I guarantee would start to get into the student loan business, they would create um, you know, businesses all around offering up student loans those people are gonna be very precise. They are gonna be very efficient with the money. Unlike the government, when you read the horror stories about, yeah, the government pays like 50 bucks for a hammer. I mean, remember the government, that's, that's my money, that's your money. 50 bucks for a hammer, give me a break. Inefficiency at its best. But if you're putting that into the a private sector, the private individuals, well, Clay, there's no regulation. They're just gonna be jerking students. No, they're not. It's a they're gonna be competing against other businesses. Sure, they can try to do absorbent fees, but why would a student pay their absorbent fees if somebody down the road is undercutting them? That's like the free market there. That's how the markets work, competition. So all the, you know, there's really no countermeasure of, well, now you're getting into the greedy businessman. No, you're getting into the, I want up for profit, but you can't make a profit if you're jacking your prices way up out of whack because somebody down the road is you know, a lot cheaper than you are. You're going out of business. You're not gonna make any profit. So yeah, by definition, there's gonna be competition that make rates very, very uh, manageable. But let's just think about this a little bit more because there's still that problem floating out there around, well, you got all these people without any jobs and you got all, they're loaded down in debt. Well, this is where I think is pretty solid you know, solution is it's, it's like a self-correcting problem. So let's now say that you're in the business of loaning out money. You're gonna give somebody money and you wanna make sure what? that will, it's a loan, so you want that money back. 
So are you gonna give somebody money in a situation where you're like, wait a second, I don't think I'm gonna get my money back. Why do you think credit scores exist? Why do you think you know, there's a track record of your spending, of your debt, of this, that, and the other known as the credit score? So it can help people gauge whether or not they should give you a loan, whether or not you are you know, high risk, low risk, you know, a credit score. That's why credit scores matter. It is your basically kind of report card if you ever want a loan to get one. I mean, a bank is not gonna give you a mortgage loan for a house if you have a track record of not paying anybody back or always being super late. That, why would anybody, would you give somebody that sort of loan? Of course you wouldn't. So again, pretend you're in the business of giving money. Of course you want that money back. So what in the education business, what sort of loan would you be looking to give out? You would be looking to give a loan out to somebody that's gonna go and get a degree in what? Well, something that has value. So let's think about value now. What is value in the world of education? What is value if you're gonna give out a loan to somebody, what would you be seeking? Or maybe structured another way, what would you require that person? So if a person is coming to your business saying, you know what, I would like a student loan, please. What, what would you want them to present to you? Well, you would want them a valuable proposal. So valuable proposal of what? Well, first off, let's start off with, well, what's the job market like? You wanna get a degree for what job market? What about the job market growth perspective? You know, it's gonna take you four or five, six years to get a degree, depending on what you wanna do. So what's the job growth outlook look like? Is this a shrinking job market? Is it forecasted to expand over time? I would say if there's a job market for it right now and the job market is looking, you know, is probably gonna be expanding, all right, well, I'd say valuable, valuable. And then finally, well, what's the average pay? What are you gonna start off making? What are you gonna make three years into the job? What are you gonna make five years into the job? Salary, right? So job market, job outlook, meaning you know, are things forecasted to, to at least maintain or grow? And then what does this job pay? So if somebody comes to you and says, you know, you know Mr. Business Owner that's now just started a business in the student loan um, you know, industry, I'm gonna go get a degree in the art of Roman rock polishing. Excuse me, can you say that again? Yeah, I'm gonna get a degree in Roman rock polishing. Um, yeah, I, I, there's, there's not really a job market for it. I kinda just like it because, I mean, I don't, I don't see any growth for it. And salary, uh, would you give that person a loan? Of course not. Why would you give a loan to somebody where there's no value behind that degree? Pretty common sense, right? You would not do it because, well, I don't see how you're gonna pay me back because there's no job market, there's no job growth outlook, and there's, there's no salary. So why would I give you a loan for that? Whereas let's say somebody next in line comes and says, yeah, um, I would like to become you know, a nurse. And you know, a nurse, there's a big job demand for it right now. The job market is expected to grow. And on top of that, you're gonna start off making you know, this amount, and then three years in, on average, you're to that amount, seven years in, you're at that amount. What would you do in that? Oh, well, hey, I, I feel like I could probably get my money back if I loaned to somebody that was going to get a nursing degree, an engineering degree, some sort of medical sector degree, some sort of business degree, some sort of fill in the blank, but there is a proposal before you that shows whether or not it is valuable, valuable as I've just defined. 
Now, you, I mean, like I said, free market. So if it were me doing it, I would probably do the research on my own and I would say, you know what? I am loaning money out for, I mean, let's take this day and age. So if I was doing this business right now, I know for sure I would be willing to lend to those that want to become engineers, to those that want to go in the medical field. Uh, I would definitely loan to those that go and get like the two-year trade degrees. I'm off the top of my head, like a dental hygienist, just that cleans your teeth. Do some research on that, on the job growth, the job outlook, the pay for a two-year degree, insane. I would be loaning all kinds of money out for that. Um, I can't remember if I said business majors, but certain business, if you're going into finance, accounting, uh, bookkeeping, bookkeeping, I think that's a two-year degree. I would definitely loan, some, loan money to somebody for a bookkeeping degree. That's a great job market. Uh, what I wouldn't loan money out to, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to get a Greek mythology degree, sorry. Yeah, I'm looking to get uh, the, the theory of art degree. No, sorry. Yeah, I'm looking to get a philosophy degree. No, sorry. Hey, I'm looking to get, you know, fill in the blank. So that's what I would do. Maybe if, if you wanna do a business, you say, you know what, I would just put it in the person's hands. They would need to bring me the detailed report showing me everything, and then I would double check it. So I mean, like I said, but that's the beautiful thing about business. Maybe you would wanna approach the student loan business different than I would, but for me, I would probably just do the research and I'd try to save everybody time and be like on my website, okay, here are the majors, here are the degrees that I would be willing to give you a loan for. And you know, if you're falling outside of those, hey, it's a free market, maybe somebody else. I'm not saying that loaning money for a Greek mythology or the theory of art degree, I'm not saying that that's a bad investment, but maybe it is a good investment for your you know, business uh, goals for whatever, however you're running your business. And that's cool. That, that's like I said, that's the beautiful thing. That's the fun thing about business is you may have different ideas and sure you're gonna compete against other people, but hey, let all the ideas come. But something tells me that, uh, I don't know, I, 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 uh, when I, for the slab money method course that I offer through claytrader.com, there is a section on college where I go down into a lot more of this in detail. Uh, but one of the degrees I came or, or, or across at a small college, like $40,000 a year, was medieval studies. Paying $40,000 a year for medieval studies? <laughs> and you and I as a taxpayer, taxpayer are, are making loans on that. We are loaning out to kids, which is essentially what they are. $40,000, or maybe they got some student aid. So let's call it $25,000 a year. For a medieval, medieval, medieval times, knights and all that sort of, I, and you know, I, I, in more research, most of our students go on to graduate studies. In other words, they get a four-year degree, and because it's worthless, they have to go and just keep on getting more schooling to get something else. Awesome. So they're just getting deeper and deeper in debt. So for, for me, my business, I would not be willing to loan for medieval studies. If, if your business, if you want to uh, you know, loan out for medieval studies because you think that person's gonna be able to pay you back in a reasonable amount of time. Hey, it's your business, that's totally cool. You do what you think is gonna work for your business. But for me, I don't think so. So that's how it all starts, is get government, get this unlimited source out of the way. Now, what is this gonna do from the college perspective? Remember, we're, I'm in, you're in, we're all pretending that we're in the lo student loan business. We're not in the education business. We're just loaning so people can go and get that education. Well, now all of a sudden, from the school's perspective, from the college's perspective, oh man, we can't offer medieval studies. We can't offer Greek mythology PhDs because we're not getting any students because nobody's loaning these students any money. 
All right, well, we're gonna have to ax that out. Okay, we're gonna, have to, we're gonna have to run a tighter ship here. And you know what a tighter ship is from a business perspective? It's, well, we're gonna have to get more competitive. And you know what getting competitive is from a business perspective? It's not raising prices. It is lowering prices. It is, well, you know, such and such university down the street. Did you see what they just did? They just cut out a bunch of majors. And now, uh, yeah, they're, they're, cause they don't have to, now they're at this price. Well, now we're the most expensive in town. Who's gonna come to the most expensive in town? All right, well, here we go, and let's get ourselves competitive. And then all of a sudden, prices start to drop because businesses wanna stay competitive. And when you all of a sudden don't have unlimited customers anymore because customers are being forced to actually go and get loans for things of value, well, there you go. College prices start to come down. And that, in and of itself, get look what we just did with the um, you know, little Sally Sue and little Billy Bob, they graduated, loaded down in debt, and they're not gonna get a job. Well, if you force people, yes, I use the word force. If you force people to be focused about what sort of majors, what sort of degrees they're getting for that money, then by definition, it's self-correcting you know, correcting plan. They're gonna be forced, well, if I wanna go to school, I gotta get money. Now. If you want to get, if you really want to get that medieval study, that's fine. But you have really two choices: either you don't get it because you can't go to any of these, you know, can't come to my business, you can't come to the competitor's business down the road and get a loan for it, or you just got to save up the cash and go yourself. And you know what? If you graduate with a medieval study and you don't have any job offers, if you don't get a job with it, that's okay. You paid for cash. You're not loaded down in debt. Now, sure, you could argue you wasted a bunch of cash, but that's besides the point. We have just fixed the student loan debt problem because if you wanna go and get a degree like that, fine, pay for it in cash. And the system is gonna make you pay for it in cash because I don't see any business, if they're in the for-profit loan business, that's gonna lend you money to get a medieval, a medieval arts or medieval time studies degree. It's just not gonna happen. So you put this policy in place, this structure in place, all of a sudden you're gonna notice something. These college kids that are graduating are being spit out with degrees of value. And the ones that are spit out without a degree of value, they're not, they don't, they may have a job problem, but they're not gonna have a debt problem because they were forced to pay for it in cash. So to me, this all makes sense. I don't know, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe, um, you know, something's going wrong. But, you know, such and such really wants that medieval arts, that Greek mythology degree. And if they have to save up in cash, well, then that means they're gonna have to like wait four or five years before they can go to school. Well, then I, I don't know what to tell you. How about you go and get a degree of value and while you get that degree, go to the library and read a whole bunch of books about medieval times. I mean, I, there is nothing wrong at all with a passion for the medieval times. It, the passion is not the, not the problem at all. But if you're gonna pay absorbent fees for that passion, you could just go to the library and pay like a buck 50 in late fees. I don't know, I think that's maybe a little bit more efficient way to do it, especially when me, the taxpayer, when you, the taxpayer, are actually funding, are actually making investments into this. I don't mind, I, and I would have zero problem as a taxpayer if the government was offering something like this, where they gave a list of requirements. Hey, if you want a government loan, you gotta be either majoring in engineering, medical, fill in the blank, go down. You know, two-year degrees, dental hygienist, bookkeeping, uh, you know, what other two-year degrees are out there? Some sort of trade. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll pay for you to go to school if you gotta get, uh, you know, if you wanna get your, um, in, you know, become an electrician. But that's the, the thing right now is, that, you know, 
in the trades, if you want to become a plumber, an electrician, or an iron worker, or a, you know, a tool and die person, I feel like you could easily negotiate, hey, how about you pay for me to come do it and I'll come work for you? And you can get you know, paid to go to school from a lot of these trades with as, as, as little trade work, or not trade work, I should say trade labor as there is right now. But that's kind of a whole nother podcast, maybe in and of itself. And then finally, maybe you're thinking from the business aspect, okay, that's great, Clay. But how exactly are you securing the loans? What does securing a loan mean? Well, if you go and get a mortgage, uh, the mortgage is actually the, a piece of paper that says, hey, you are getting this amount, but if you do not pay this amount, then we get to take the asset. And in a home situation, the asset is, well, the, the piece of property, it's house, your house. Foreclosures, right? That's what a foreclosure is. Somebody has stopped paying whoever loaned them the money. So that person, more times than not, a bank, is now saying, fine, if you're not gonna pay us, we are gonna go get the house, and then we will sell the house in order to, to pay for the, to, you know, pay ourselves back for the loan. But how are you gonna do that when this is just, you know, an intangible asset? I mean, it's just education, it's just knowledge, it's just kind of floating around out there. Well, maybe this, I don't know, some could maybe accuse me of going too far here, but I, I'm a big fan of incentives. I love that economic principle. I use it with my kids all the time. Some may call it a bribe. I call it an economic incentive. But what I would say is, if you're signing up for my company, you're signing a piece of paper that says, you know what, you owe me this money, and no matter what, if you stop paying me, that's fine. But I will just garnish your wages going forward. So if you wanna go to school and say, you know what, I wanna become uh, an accountant. I'll say, hey, that's fine, accounting, that's great. Um, there's a job market for that. You're always gonna need accountants. So yes, I will, I will give you a loan for an accounting degree. But you decide to go to school, you know, drink every single night, smoke weed every single night, do who knows what every single night, don't go to class, and then you drop out after a year and a half. Hey, buddy, yeah, you chose poorly, but you still owe me that money. Well, I'm not even gonna have a job as an accountant. Sorry, man, you chose poorly. What do you, I'm like, uh, I'm doing, you know, filling some blank job. That's fine, you're just gonna know that, notice on your pay stub that your wages are being garnished. Every paycheck, I'm gonna get a little bit more of that money until I get my money back. Clay, that's so cruel. Well, I mean, that's business. That's how business works. That's how banks work. That's, and I would like to think that would incentivize people to know that they just can't be like, ah, this college thing's not for me, or I'm going to college just to party the whole time, and uh, I'll just drop out, and then I'll just leave somebody else on the hook for this experience. Nope. So in that situation, I think that having that incentive out there is gonna really bring in serious people. They're gonna be serious about their education. They're gonna be serious about getting this degree of value. You're not gonna get a bunch of jokesters in there that once again, as the current system is right now, are getting my money, are getting your money to go to school, goof off, drop off, and then all of a sudden, well, I still have this loan and, uh, and Hello, student loan crisis. Where do you think this is coming from? What do you think when you're just, when there's no you know, incentive in place to get people serious you know, in colleges? And I'm probably just a dreamer, but like I said, I'm not gonna complain about a problem without offering up a solution. So to me, this is how you fix things. You offer in a little bit of logic. You don't create an unlimited customer base. You seek out value you imply incentives that ensure that more than likely you are getting serious people involved. Now, I could see from a business perspective, hey, I went to school and my, my, my parents um, 
let's just say car accident, they're both very, very injured, and I have other brothers and sisters that are still, so I have to drop out now to you know take care of them. I could see certain exceptions like that, where you can um, you know offer some sort of um, you know policy, which is like okay, yeah, we'll put things on the back burner. You go do what you got to do, and you know we'll pick things up when your situation gets under control and you're ready to get back into school. But yeah, when you're trying to take care of your brothers and sisters because your parents are you know out of commission right now, you know yeah, I'm not going to be garnishing your wages or anything. I mean yes, there's always you know, there's always situations, but yeah, man, I just dropped out of school because, uh, yeah, apparently you got to go to class, dude. Yep. I'm garnishing your wages. Call me cruel. I call it. Yeah. You knew the policy going in front and sorry. I mean, now if I'm like hiding the policy, like in the back of a 8,000 page booklet in paragraph D section E F line 32, then okay, fine. Maybe. But if I, and I would, in my business, I would be very clear about it. Hey, I want serious. Why do I tell you right now why I want serious? Because if you're not serious, I'm gonna garnish your wages if you just drop out and you think you're gonna leave me on the hook. That's, that's how it's gonna work. And you're gonna sign a piece of paper beforehand, just like you sign a piece of paper for your mortgage when you do a house. You know, that big stack of papers um, that uh, if you don't pay, you will lose your house. I'm, I would do the same exact thing. But I would, you know, my goal would be, I want to hedge against that. I don't wanna have to go through that headache I just want to be paid back. So that's why I would be laser focused on where, what's the job market looking like? Where are smart loans to be made? And that is gonna take care of itself. And again, if that's the requirements, you're not gonna have a bunch of kids graduating with worthless degrees with debt. You're gonna have people graduating with debt. Yes, I'm not saying this is a, we're gonna take care of a debt problem but we're gonna take care of the problem of their ability to pay the debt and ability to pay the debt relatively quickly, especially if you use the methods that I teach, then it's gonna be knocked out in a hurry. But even if you're not gonna use you know, my uh, you know, method and the way I personally did it, that's fine too. But the point is, if you make the smart loan on somebody with a good paying job in a job market that's growing in demand, then not only are they gonna get paid, but because that job market is growing, over time, you would expect them to get raises, get raises, get raises, because if the job market's growing, well, again, businesses, they need to compete. They need to keep labor on board. In order to keep labor on board so somebody else doesn't come and poach them, one way you can do that is, well, let's just offer them a raise. Let's give them a, and even if it's not a raise, you know what, let's just give them a little bit better healthcare package. You know what, let's just give them another better retirement package. That's how businesses also compete. So if you're putting yourself in a job market, in a job sector, with competition because it's growing. Comp uh, employers in and of themselves have to compete to keep your time. And how do they keep your time? Well, they're, they're gonna give you all sorts of perks. Whereas if you're going into a job market such as, I don't know, delivering pizzas, such as greeting at Walmart, I don't have any problem with that. But if you think that that's like gonna be your full-time job forever, why would, why would competitors be fighting over you? They're not, why? Because the customer base is huge. Okay, if you don't wanna deliver pizzas anymore, that's fine. We're willing to pay you this amount. And if that's not good enough for you, we'll just go find somebody else because there's a lot of people that have a degree and I have the ability to deliver pizzas. I have the ability to fill in the blank. You know, it's supply and demand. So yeah, well, I don't wanna be in a situation like that. Good, research the job market and figure out where the jobs are. I assure you right now, I can speak from experience that if you want become an electrician, if you become a plumber, if you go into the tool and die market, 
You can pit employers against one another and create an absolute feeding frenzy for your labor time, for your ability to do the job. Because employers in those sectors, so I'm not talking about getting a degree from a college. Get a degree in, hey, I'm gonna become a plumber. And I know there's not a degree in that, but my point is, become a plumber. I mean, at least they're in West Michigan, but it's I'm pretty sure it's all around the country. The trades are, I mean, that is a employee market, meaning employees can really pit employers against each other and create almost bidding wars. Well, I may go work for them because they're gonna pay me this amount more. Fine, we'll pay you this amount more plus give you that perk. Then you, I mean, it's, it's idea here is though that if you force people to go to value, then they're not gonna be graduating with all this debt. And I, I realize I've said that a couple of times, but I, I really can't stand all this, oh, you have all these kids that are graduating and now they're loaded down in debt. It's our fault. It is our fault. It is our us as a society's fault. Why are we letting kids go and get degrees that have no value, that have no applicable thing in the job market? Again, if but these kids are passionate about Greek mythology. These kids are passionate about medieval times. That's awesome. I am all for passion. But go to the library. Study all you want. Go get a great job. Once you get a job of value, guess what you have? A good, solid paycheck. And guess what happens when you have a good, solid paycheck? You can actually go on over to Europe. Check out those castles. You can go over to Greece. Check out you know, all the, the Greek gods and all that sort of stuff. Because you actually have a job where it's going to help you pursue that passion. So I don't have any problem with kids having passions. That's great. Follow what you love to do. But let's follow it smartly. And the way to follow it smartly is to have some cash to pour into the hobby. And how do you have cash to pour into the hobby? Well, you get some sort of career. You get some sort of, you spend your time wisely. And if that's a college degree, awesome. If that's becoming a plumber, awesome. But in this day and age with the current job market, those are definitely the ways to go about it. And then when you focus kids and you funnel kids towards things of value, nobody's gonna be graduating and having problems paying back their debt. Again, one more time, I'm not saying I can fix the debt problem. There's gonna be debt out there, but the people with debt are gonna be having good paying jobs that they can focus and knock out that debt with. So that's how you do it, get government out of the way, create a competitive job market, or excuse me, can create a competitive educational environment and prices will start to come down you force in, you gotta only be seeking things with value and introduce some incentive. Let's get serious kids in there. And there you go, prices are gonna come down. You're gonna have debt, yes, but you're not gonna have a debt crisis because these kids will be able to pay back their debt because they have good paying jobs. So um, let me know your thoughts. I, I did this a YouTube video on this too. I'm not sure if it'll post by the time this one posts. So you can leave your comments there. Um, you know, just go to YouTube, Money with Clay, and uh, you can comment on that video, or you can shoot me an email. Um, hit me up on social media, um, the, the Facebook page. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts. Uh, maybe where you thought I went wrong. Maybe I'm a little bit too harsh. Um, but yeah, th th there's a problem, and we got to fix the problem. But I'm, I'm one where I'm not going to sit here and just complain and moan about it. I figure I wanted to at least offer up a solution. So this has been my solution. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating. That goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there, and I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself 
either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the Slab Money Method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I used to pay off $163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.